You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well, it's been a little bit, but Eagles football is back in some facet anyway. Training camp is here. Preseason is approaching, which means it'll be week one before we know it, which means it's time to fire up the EPA podcast right here on Bleeding Green Nation's feed for BGN Radio. What's going on, guys? Happy to be back here. I'm one of your hosts, Victor Williams. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms over at the Philly Pod. Considering the check, Shane, Elon's cutting that check. I might have to get a piece of that ad revenue. I've been thinking about it. I know... uh, um, we've been trying to stick to the uh, the uh, the movement of we're not giving into Elon and his uh, movement over here on Twitter or X or whatever it is now. But I don't know if you've seen some of these uh, these payouts Elon's fanboys are are getting. Man, I might have to. I might have to. I'm considering. I'm I'm fifty fifty for the first time in a long time. I don't know where you stand as far as what Twitter has become or where it's headed or whatever Elon's plan is. You considering getting the check back? Or are you firmly like? f elon like at this point <laughs> i mean do we still call it twitter at this point do we call it x i don't I know what we're i don't know what we're supposed to even say anymore Damn, he's cutting he's cutting that check i was like oh if he's if he's if he's paying out thousands of dollars i might have to just drag dak every day and have dallas fans flock to my tweets and just pay me for dragging me at that point that's what that's what would have to come but be sure to follow me uh, over there check mark or not regardless of check mark status at the philly pod do the same or my co-host over here at Shane Half. You can follow him at Shane Half NFL on Twitter. And what else are you on? I don't see you anywhere else. But are you anywhere else besides YouTube? Obviously. Yeah, YouTube threads. I'm less active on Old threads. threads. Oh. But I post like my original stuff over there. But most of my interaction is still on all on Twitter or X or whatever mm. we're calling it now. We all swore off. We all swore off Twitter. We're going to migrate. We're going to do all this. And I don't think any of us are going anywhere, especially with NFL uh, coming up. So I guess we're just stuck on X as far as it is but the nfl is here training camp uh in full effect i was at the open practice uh this past weekend shane i think you will live uh, across the nation so you probably weren't at open practice <laughs> but yeah. uh fun stuff to dive into we've all gathered notes and we pretty much know what's going on in training camp uh to this point but i guess the first thing we should make of note here we uh throughout the summer shane we were saying we would be shocked i think it was widely speculated to that point that they have to bring in another body at linebacker i've said it on my pod I'm sure you've said it on yours, and we've said it on this feed as well. They have to get another body in here. Nicholas Moreau, albeit he's a veteran, and he played well for Chicago last year. No guaranteed money in his deal, so the Eagles weren't necessarily tied to him if he underwhelled in training camp, and it's, that seems to be the case. And you have N'Kobe Dean tweaking his ankle in practice as well. Bodies are getting low. They were already low to begin with. You don't. They are parted ways with Davion Taylor. You probably don't want to watch a lot of uh, – Christian Ellison, whoever else is going to be back there, even though he is making his way into first team reps. And we will give our thoughts in regards uh, to that. But with the uh, the newfound developments at linebacker, the Eagles decided they're going to do the two for one special, similarly to how they did with Indomitian and Sue and Linval Joseph last season. They went out and signed two veteran linebackers. So one year deals, I believe, worth two point five million dollars each. Miles Jack as well as Zach Cunningham, two guys that figured the Eagles would take a look at, along with a couple others, Deion Jones out there, some other names out there. But Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham were arguably the top options left available 
at this juncture of the offseason. Very hard to find talent at this point in August, but Howie's going to take a chance. And Zach Cunningham uh, had, a, had a good season about to, a few years ago, led the, led the league in solo tackles. Injuries limited him to just six games last year, but has extensive starting experience, has a chance to stick around. And you have Miles Jack, who is very athletic, very quick, just not able to find his groove as of late. So Shane, your thoughts on the two additions. Do either of these guys have a chance to stick around or are they just camp bodies and we'll toss them once N'Kobe Dean is healthy and maybe Nicholas Moreau comes around? What's your thoughts as a, uh, in regards to the two guys we added here at the linebacker position? Do, do you remember last training camp when everyone got really excited that the Eagles went and signed Jaquiski Tart? Oh, I was hyped. I made a whole hype video. Yeah. yeah and people <laughs> like, yes, the Eagles finally have a safety and then they cut him. Yeah, um, yeah. I think this is about that level of a move. Now, oh. obviously the Eagles are so bad at linebacker that I don't think both these guys are going to get cut or anything. I think definitely one of them will stick around on the roster. Maybe both just because of how weak and how thin uh, the Eagles are at the position. But I don't think either of these guys are impact players. I mean, if they were impact players, they wouldn't be vets on the free agent market in early August. So, I mean, you kind of touched on it. Miles Jack was coming out of college. He was, I mean, he was kind of a sensation played running back and linebacker for UCLA. A lot of people thought he'd go in the first round and he fell into the early second round and he's just never quite panned out. Like he's still really athletic, but He's pretty. He's not that good in coverage. He's really not that good as a run defender. So that speed doesn't really get you anything if you're not good in those other facets. And I'm a little more interested in Zach Cunningham just because he's a little bigger. And we've talked about before, you know, uh, Nicholas Morrow is small. Nicobe Dean is small. Zach Cunningham is a little more of like a prototypical linebacker size. And you know, as much as Eagles fans love TJ Edwards last year for racking up tackles and making no splash plays, Zach Cunningham might be your guy because he can rack up a lot of tackles and he won't make splash plays. So maybe he slightly raises the floor of what your linebacker room could be, but it's still a huge concern in my opinion for this team. It's, it's, it's one of the ways this season can go sideways is if the linebackers are as bad as I fear they could be, especially if Nicobe Dean doesn't, I mean, Nicobe Dean has 34 regular season snaps and people are looking at him to be like some great player and maybe he will be, but we, have no we don't choice. often see rookie linebackers have <laughs> yeah. that sort of an impact and he's essentially a rookie this year. So if he doesn't play at an exceptional level or if he gets banged up, which he might be prone to, we've already seen the ankle injury here in camp. It could be a rough season for Eagles linebackers. Yeah, fans have no option but to latch on to on the Kobe Dean. They're just hoping he comes through as we see the Georgia guy uh, that he was en route to those uh, uh, national championships. People ask me on Twitter, uh, can either of these these guys cover as far as Cunningham and Miles Jack is concerned? My confident answer is no. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to last season with the Steelers, Miles Jack allowed a 107.4 passer rating when targeted. Zach Cunningham in the games he did play in last year allowed a 96.2 passer rating when targeted the year prior. He allowed 112.2 passer rating when targeted. That is the highest of his career. So these guys are uh, <laughs> not the greatest in pass coverage, which is why they're having Nolan Smith and, and, and other guys try and, uh, you know, cover passes in training camp. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I do think Zach Cunningham has a better chance of sticking on the roster just because of the starting experience. Like you said, he's bigger. He's more of the prototypical NFL linebacker. I think he complements um, the Kobe Dean a little better. Miles Jack and Dean in there would just be two like small speedy guys that probably wouldn't be able to uh if you if you're not going to beat them on the edge, 
then it's going to be difficult to to use Miles Jack. He's better as like a speed guy. He's better as a a, a downhill rusher, maybe a blitzer. Um, but I think Zach Cunningham is more of that. Get your nose in the middle of the run game, try and stuff the run. Uh, but I'm not expecting a whole lot in regards to uh, in regards to uh, pass coverage. Uh, as far as training camp uh, training camp updates, Miles Jack is currently appearing with the third team. Zach Cunningham is getting second team reps. So it looks like they already think a bit higher of Zach Cunningham as it as it shakes out so far on the depth chart in uh, in practice. Uh, other training camp stuff or other position battles, rather the other position that we're uh, kind of I don't I don't know if worried is the word, but but keeping an eye on is the safety position because those are the two positions where you lost both starters. You lost T.J. Edwards, Kaiser White. As far as the linebackers, they both left in free agency, and you lose Marcus Epps and C.J. Garner Johnson in free agency as well. So both of those positions are going to see new starters in 2023. As far as it looks right now, it looks like Reed Blankenship has one of those spots locked in. Uh, he played very well down the stretch as an undrafted rookie uh, last season, and I think he's gotten every single first-team rep in training camp thus far. So they, they, the Eagles pretty much are saying, you're the starter, it's your job to lose. The other uh, spot opposite him is more up for grabs. You assume it's going to be Terrell Edmonds with his experience in Pittsburgh. Kayvon Wallace has also gotten first-team reps in there. Sidney Brown has gotten a few uh, to this point. So, Shane, if it was up to you, you probably would just roll the dice and, <laughs> and you're like, any one of those three aren't really all that confident in playing aside from Reed Blankenship. How do you feel about the safety position as a whole? And if it was up to you, who is going to be the starter opposite Reed Blankenship on, on opening week? Yeah, I, I'm less concerned about safety. Uh, this scheme doesn't ask nearly as much yeah. of your safeties. Not, not that it asks a ton of linebackers either, but when you're playing with the split field structures that the Eagles used last year and they're expected to use under Desai, it's not that safety is not important. It's just that it's easier to play. And so mm -hmm. uh, I feel fine about Reed Blankenship. Uh, watching Reed Blankenship last year, I thought the same things I thought about Marcus Epps the year before, that he showed some flashes uh, in limited reps and you know, if he could sustain that over more volume of snaps, he could be a good, solid player. And that worked out for Epps. Hopefully that works out for Reed Blankenship as well. Uh, as far as the other guy, I mean, I, I think that you could go really with any of those three guys and mm -hmm. feel fine. Like I feel I better. <laughs> I feel better about the Eagles fourth safety option than I do about their best linebacker option. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at on that. But I, Sidney Brown would be the guy that, I want to see out there. I mean, they took him. Technically, it's a third round pick. It was the first pick of the third round, pick 65. I, I was really high on Sidney Brown. I had a second round grade on him. I think he can do a lot of things and he brings a lot of versatility. I, I think he's similar in terms of skill set to Terrell Edmonds. I just think he's a little bit better player. Now, rookie making that leap, it's all down to how quickly he can come along. But I know there's been a lot of smoke about uh, Kavon Wallace looking really good in camp too. So maybe we're going to do the Kavon Wallace thing again. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we, the, the more I think about it, the more, because I was a real, I was one of the, the Kavon haters last year. And I was like, I, I don't, I don't know how this dude made the roster. I really don't under understand, but maybe it's un, un, unfairness because uh, when he got drafted, you know, out of Clemson and everybody, you know, blindly makes the, makes the blind comparisons to uh to Brian Dawkins, and then that doesn't happen, and he struggles coming into the league. But we have to remember he was a four, was it a fourth round pick? He was Kayvon. He was yeah, a fourth, fourth round rounder. pick, trying to find his way in the league, and we 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 put you know unfair expectations on him. So maybe this is the year he he comes through and he looks more uh, like a pro. So I'd be happy if that happened. But Sidney Brown is my guy. I know we're all excited about Nolan Smith 
and Jalen Carter, and rightfully so. But Sidney Brown is actually the guy I'm most excited about in this draft class because everybody loves a good, strong, you know, hard-hitting safety and athletic guy. The Eagles obviously feel highly uh, uh, about him. They called him a red star player, and he embodies everything the Eagles uh, stand for and this and that. Uh, I wouldn't shock me if Sidney Brown is starting on this team by week six. It, would, it wouldn't shock me at all if he's the, he's the safety. Uh, I'm hearing that Edmonds – is giving off, I guess, similar to, I guess you can make the comparisons like Anthony Harris. Like he's a fine veteran and he's fine back there if you need him, uh, but he's not going to give you any wow. He's not going to, he's not going to amaze you with anything he does. He's just a safe bet back there. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's the starter and then Sidney Brown edges him out uh, down the stretch. Uh, sticking with the secondary cornerbacks, uh, we all, we all know who the starters are going to be there. <laughs> Darius Slay, James Bradbury, Bradbury having a very good camp, still very solid, very steady player. Darius Slay coming up with his first interception in camp, intercepting Hurts in practice the other day as well. But for the first time in a long time, Shane, I think we actually have depth and like solid young talent behind these guys. We've been, we've been claiming we need young corners in here. You know, Slay can't play forever. This and that, but you got Job, you got Keely Ringo who's making plays. Uh, you got Eli Ricks back there. You got Greedy Williams back there. You got some guys who can play. And if one of these guys go down, you know, Slay's going to be 32. It's hard to be a top premier corner at 32 years old and play every single game. I think it would be unfair to expect Darius Slay to be 100% healthy in every single game this year. Uh, but Keely Ringo, I just got the alert, is getting is getting first-team reps now. He, he made the play on Devontae Smith last year, last week in training camp, and now he's he's, he's playing well enough to get first-team reps. Um, your thought on the depth behind the top pro guys and your thoughts on if the Eagles kind of have their – I know they feel like – I saw the rumor – going around on like NFL rookie watch or whatever it was that they feel like Ringo Ringo can be like the heir apparent to Darius Slay and then all this training camp, you know, gossip that comes out this time of year. But how are you feeling about the cornerback death right now? Better than I have in a long time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and not that, not that I think that any of those guys can step in if one of the starting trio goes down and there not be a drop off because obviously there would be, but you know, you've got Josh Job, who seems to be their guy on the outside. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I liked Job last year. I had, I think I had a third round grade on Job and he went UDFA uh, to the Eagles. And I was thrilled with that. Uh, obviously he played special teams last year and it seems like he's kind of lining up to be the top backup on the outside. They have Zach McPherson, a guy that we haven't talked about a lot, but they seem to be kind of positioning to be the backup slot corner, which is mm -hmm. very important uh, because as old as Darius Slay and James Bradbury are, I'm more concerned about the durability of Avante Maddox. Like if yeah. you, if you point. had to say right now, which, which corner is most likely to miss significant time, I would say it's Maddox. He's been yeah. banged up a lot in his career. It's a fair bet. And so uh, you've got Zach McPherson that appears to be kind of the backup there. And then you've still got Keely Ringo who, they traded up to go get and a guy that I had a first round grade on this year. Mm. And, and I think Keely Ringo, there's some warts on Keely Ringo and there's some things and it's probably best if you can bring him along slowly. And so uh, I, I think he figures in at the very back end of that rotation. I'd be surprised if we see him a lot this year, uh, but the depth is good. That's not even talking about greedy Williams, a guy who may not even make the 53. So right. uh, the Eagles are plenty deep at corner in my yeah. opinion. And we haven't been saying that in, in, in some time. We're, we're talking about the Michael Jaquette days and all the days we had to watch all these third string, fourth string corners uh, get burned and, and this and that. But it's good to hear that the young corners are stepping up and making plays. Like I said, Ringo last week with the pass breakup on Devontae Smith, Josh Job having uh, a couple of impressive reps as well. So I like what I'm hearing 
coming out of that. Uh, flipping on the offensive side of the ball. Now, this is this is something I wanted uh, your take on specifically because I remember throughout the offseason, even, even when we drafted this guy, and you're like, it wouldn't we we I've been firmly in the camp like you can't bench a a, a second round pick like second, second round picks don't sit for two years that's that was the that was the the uh, the theory I, I was rolling with and then like as as the summer went on and I, I was reading your stuff and I was like man Tyler Steen might be might be the starter like if Shane if this is what Shane thinks and he might and he's really gonna start then maybe I'm I'm, I'm reading this wrong uh but the, the Eagles obviously feel the way they do about Cam Jurgens. And he's uh, he's pretty much the, the the right guard at this point. He's gotten every rep. Tyler Steen hasn't even gotten a look there yet. So um, I, I doubt you're shocked by this because I'm sure the Eagles want to get uh, a fair investment on their second round, you know, uh, second second round pick. I'm sure, Jeffrey Larry is like, we're not going to sit this guy uh, for 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 two years. So I, I wanted like your thought process on why Steed would potentially start. And how you feel now that like, do you feel like it's 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 not fair to him that he's not getting any looks as far as as right guard is concerned, just like your kind of process as far as a right guard position and how Steen can kind of find his way over Jerkins if possible. Yeah, so my thought process was all around continuity, like so the the idea for Cam Jurgens is that he's going to be the uh, the replacement for Jason Kelsey now. If granted. If Granted, Isaac Sayamalo was going to be the replacement for Jason Kelsey. And Isaac Sayamalo played his entire rookie contract and his second contract and is gone now. And Jason Kelsey's still playing. Uh, Landon Dickerson was going to be the Jason Kelsey replacement. And now he's an all pro left guard. So maybe that's the path for Cam Jurgens. But, and, and that would be great if it is, you know, if next year Jason Kelsey retires and, Cam Jurgens had a fantastic year at right guard and they go draft a center because they want to keep Jurgens at right guard. I think that's a fantastic outcome. But uh, my thought process is that he's the long-term replacement. And I don't know. Can you still hear me? Cause my computer just went mm-hmm. totally black. Yeah, you're good. Okay. I'm just going to keep talking, but I can't see you. We're good. Um, we're good. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and if Tyler Steen is going to be your long-term right guard, then you just put him there this year. So you're not having to swap pieces. You know, if Jason, which is still a question I have, if Jason Kelsey goes down at center, are you then shifting Cam Jurgens to center Mm. and Tyler Steen to right guard? Because if that's the plan, that's not the best. You're moving two pieces, which is something that the Eagles don't like to do. Now, it seems like the Eagles were fully confident in Jurgens being the right guard because they never even really looked at Steen uh, as a starter. There, they're kind of, there. Not even yeah, more. they're kind of using him as an all-around backup, backup left tackle. Uh, they're kind of using him at. They've looked at him at right tackle. They've looked at him at right guard. So he sort of seems in their mind as a just an all-around backup for now. And they'll sort Jack of Driscoll figure type. Out throw him in there. Goes. Jack Driscoll, just to plug him in wherever we get hurt. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so maybe he becomes the right guard next year and cam Jurgens becomes a center. Maybe Jurgens stays the right guard and they draft a center next year. Uh, you never can tell, but it seems like the Eagles were really confident in Jurgens to be their right guard before the draft. Even are you confident in Jurgens being able to play right guard at a pro level? Yeah. I, I'm not confident, but <laughs> he's because I haven't seen it, but I know, people, looks, I know some people are like, yeah, hey, he'll be fine. And some other scouts are like, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that seamless. So, yeah. I mean, he's a guy that's changed positions. He committed to uh, Nebraska as a tight end and then learned center on the fly and became a center. So he's got some versatility and usually it's not terribly difficult for a center to move to a guard. 
Uh, usually that's a pretty easy transition. So mm-hmm. it's a little different. He's going to be playing between Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, though. So two Hall of Famers. And so uh, that makes it easy. It's an easy on-ramp for him at right guard because Lane Johnson can handle anyone on an island. And so it allows – and Landon Dickerson is a phenomenal offensive guard. And so that's going to free Jason Kelsey up to slide over to help Cam Jurgens a lot. So I'm not, I don't think I'm not saying he's going to be like Landon Dickerson level of good right away, but I don't think he's going to be like a negative to the offensive line. I think it's going to be just fine on the Eagles. Uh, when they play the first preseason game against Baltimore, do you anticipate Cam Jurgens playing right guard for like the first, like two series and then shifting to center when the second team comes in? Well, I, I doubt we'll see much of the first team. But is he going to play two series at right guard and then like the rest of the first half at center? Like, what's that? Is he still the backup center? Like if Kelsey gets hurt, I guess I guess that was that was your point. Like if Kelsey gets hurt, do they throw in Jurgens? Like I haven't seen the, the the how the depth chart is currently, but it was like, is Jurgens like the backup center, the starting right guard and the backup center? Is that how it is? I think they wanted like Brett Toth to be the backup center oh, and God. he couldn't snap the ball. <laughs> and so now they who's the. Uh, I, I'm blanking on the name. They just signed. They just acquired an interior offensive lineman yeah. that's going to be their backup center now. Josh, was it Josh Andrews or somebody? Yeah, yeah, Josh Andrews. So, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I think that'll give us some indication. Like if Cam Jurgens is playing center in the second quarter of that game, maybe he is the backup at center. But I think it ideally they don't want to have to do that. So ideally. Josh Andrews yeah. is the backup center. I would think that, should, that, uh, that that messes up. Like you mentioned continuity, like that messes up a lot. Like if they have, that's too much moving around and shifting around and, and all that. So interesting to see what's going to happen as far as right guard and center is concerned. Like that's all Perry Kelsey just stays healthy. He hasn't had a ton of health concerns. I know he kind of tweaked a couple things uh, uh, last year and played through it. So let's hope he uh, stays upright. So we don't have to worry about who's playing, what, who's getting plugged in, where, who's false starting at the most inopportune time. Maybe. Just, Maybe they just don't have a backup center since Jason Kelsey's yeah. played like three. I think it's just depth chart. It's Jason Kelsey, and then there's no names behind him. It's just blank. It's just, yeah, they don't need Kelsey. One. And that's it. And then well, if he gets hurt, we're just, the season's over anyway. We don't care. So that's 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 where it's at. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, running back is is interesting because you have you have Penny, you have Swift, you have Boston Scott, you have Kenneth Gainwell, and you have Trey Sermon, who's probably destined for the practice squad if, if somebody uh, gets hurt. Rashad Penny got the first carry of camp, and DeAndre Swift is being used as kind of like the Swiss Army knife. I hate to say like Christian McCaffrey type, but that looks like what the the, the plan is: is to shift him around, have him have him in motion, line him up outside, line him up in the slot, have him come out of the backfield, um, um, this and that. I am curious on your what it, from your perspective. Like, say you were Brian Johnson, right? First year offensive coordinator, probably calling plays, and you have DeAndre Swift. You have this new piece added to AJ Brown, Devontae Goddard, and Jalen Hurts. How is DeAndre Swift best utilized in this offense, and how would you divide up the carries? I mean, I guess you would just go whoever's healthiest. But how would you divide 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 up? I'm not even going to say carries the touches, touches between these backs. How are these guys going to be best utilized? Because in my mind, you don't want to be predictable. You don't, oh, Penny's in there, they're going to run. Oh, Swift is in there, they're going to pass. You don't want to be that kind of offense. How would you kind of, speaking of Josh Andrews, he just, uh, we I just got an alert that he just replaced Brett Toth as the second team center. So there you go. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> but um, how how would you kind of like, how would you how would you curate this offense around all these running backs? Because you, like I say, don't want to be predictable. You have Gainwell who can catch passes. You have Swift you can catch passes. You don't want defenses to look at certain downs and look at certain players and know what's coming. So how do you think these guys are going to be deployed as the season goes on? Yeah, I mean, it might get easy as the season goes on because <laughs> DeAndre Swift Whoever's and healthy. Rashad Penny are remarkably injury prone. More so Penny than Swift, but Swift has been banged up. Um, I would... I think I still think Penny is the best running back on this team. Mm. I would use him very sparingly. Like just have the guy be healthy in January. I mean, give him give him five, Wrap six, him seven, Wrap give him, him five or six carries a game. Like, don't put him out there a lot. But I, I think DeAndre Swift is probably kind of your lead back. Mm. And uh Kenny Gainwell is kind of your up your tempo two minute drill sort of guy. I mean, they can both catch passes. They're both decent runners. And then I think Penny is probably a little more of like your downhill short. Not that the Eagles need a short distance running back when they have Jalen hurts, but it's kind of that, that power running back sort of thing. So if I was splitting up like their snap counts, I'm probably playing, I'm probably playing swift, like 55%. And playing Gainwell like thirty percent, and then I'm not doing math on the fly very well. What's that leave? Like fifteen percent? Yeah, we got fifteen left. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Penny like twenty percent. So take five percent <laughs> away from Gainwell there. So like Dang. 55, 55, 25, 20. And Boston Scott gets all the snaps in the Giants game, right? That's cool yes, and Boston Scott hundred <laughs> percent of the snaps two games a year. Two games a year, and then Trey Sermon. If you could find your way, they Sirianni really isn't shying away from like we like Trey Sermon. Like he's gonna like Sirianni's gonna find a way to hold well, on to him. <laughs> he said that he said that signing two linebackers didn't say anything about their current linebacker yeah, room, and yeah, went on clearly. to talk about how much they like each guy and talked about him. So I wouldn't put too much stock into that. He also said that he loved the wide receiver room right before trading for AJ Brown. So <laughs> that's awesome. 
what happened. He loves Zach Pasquale's WR too. It was also on the record, right? Literally right before trading for a for AJ Brown. But you're the coach. Got to say these you say these kind of things. But yeah, running back certainly intriguing. I saw something going around the rumors. Obviously, it's it's rumor central in in, in on Eagles Twitter. Uh, but I saw. I think I think I saw CBS, and I'm sure somebody could have just wrote it for a, for a headline or whatever. But I saw Eagles as the most like quote unquote most likely destination for Josh Jacobs. And in my mind, I was like, we have like 89 backs right now. And I don't know where Josh Jacobs fits into this. And I go on to read it. Of course, I'm the sucker that goes on to read it. And they say like Swift and Penny is injury prone. And Josh Jacobs gives you a three down back. And I'm like, a three down back? You don't, you're not even going to use these other backs if Josh Jacobs is a, is a three down back. And I don't even know. Is Josh Jacobs holding out? Is that what's happening? He's not, he's not even at camp, is he? He hasn't signed his. They, so they, the Raiders franchise tag Josh Jacobs, and he has not currently signed the franchise tag. So, uh, so it's either it, new deal or I'm not showing up. If he signs the franchise tag and then doesn't show up, he gets fined. But technically, he's not losing money right now because he's technically the, not under contract. So they passed the extension deadline and all that, right? Obviously. So yeah. So yeah. basically, and he can't be traded until he signed the tag. So like, if they decided to trade him, they would have to communicate that to him, and then he would sign the tag and get or traded. Sign the tag or, and be like, ah, just kidding, Rashid. <laughs> <laughs> and, I think and, you can make that contingent on signing it. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> speaking speaking of which, this running back, uh, like like it's it's getting to a point where it's getting ridiculous. Like like Saquon is that entire Giants offense, and and all these things. Like Austin Eckler is like the third most productive back in the league, and his contract is ridiculous. But you know who wasn't invited to that Zoom meeting? Miles Sanders, who was the highest, well, who got his money in the offseason. He got the biggest deal amongst running backs in the offseason, which is crazy uh, to think about. Where do you, where do you like think this? This is me thinking this on the fly now, since we're on the topic of running backs. But like, what is your take on just like the position as a whole? Like, is this where we're at, where running backs just don't matter? Like, I think they matter. I think they legit matter to the offense, and I think they should be paid. So I don't think you break the bank for a running back. I don't think you give them twenty million a year. But like, if you're not offering guys like Saquon Barkley, like what was his offer? Like four, like 12, 13, 14 a year. I think he's worth that. What is the what is the problem? You pay Daniel Jones and all of this, and I don't understand the uh, the reluctancy in paying a guy who's literally sixty percent to seventy percent of your offense, and you don't want to pay the money. Are owners getting that cheap to the point, or to Howie Roseman set the precedent of we're not going to pay running backs? We're going to bring in a room of a bunch of guys on prove it deals and then once they once they prove it we're not going to pay them they're going to go elsewhere and we're going to do the cycle all over again where is the running back position even headed at this point as we head to 2024 like two three four years from now what is the running back position going to be (laughs) yeah so i think i think teams have overcorrected on the running back thing good way to put it you should the the contract that the Cowboys gave Ezekiel Elliott a few years ago, for example, that was a bad deal. You shouldn't have paid him that. He had had so many carries already. Like, that wasn't a good investment. And you see that with Tony Pollard starting to outpace him while he's making a ton of money and things. The, the problem, it's not that it's not that the running game doesn't matter because the running game matters, and we're gathering more and more data and analytics on that every year. And as teams start to go to more split field looks, light boxes, the running game becomes very, very important. The problem is that offensive designers have gotten so good at generating rushing yardage. Like we've come to realize that for the average back, their rushing performance is far more about the offensive line performance, the threat of a quarterback running, your passing attack your run game design. It's more about all of those things than it is the running back himself. And so although the running game's important, it's pretty easy to just grab guys 
as rookies and plug them in because that's another thing. It's a position where players come in immediately and they're ready. Like quarterbacks come in and you expect them to take time to, to acclimate offensive linemen. Jalen Carter was a top 10 pick and he's not expected to be a starter right now for the Eagles. It takes time for a lot of these positions. If you draft a running back, you expect to plug him in and him be your bell cow. And so teams know this. And so it incentivizes them to draft these guys, burn them up on four-year rookie deals, and then not pay them because the fall-off is coming and they know they can just plug somebody else in. So I don't know what the solution is. I know there's certain instances where teams are are taking it too far. Like You look at the Colts, for example. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> The Colts have Jonathan Taylor, who was literally an MVP candidate two years ago, was injured last year. He has been your offense. And you just drafted a rookie quarterback. Like you have the greatest economic advantage in pro sports, a quarterback on a rookie contract. And you're in a fight with the only, like the Colts don't have a top 50 wide receiver in the NFL. Nope. But they've got a top three running back in Jonathan Taylor. And they could pay Jonathan Taylor. They could give him four years, $50 million. That'd make him like the second highest paid running back in the NFL in terms Mm -hmm. of average annual value. And they'd be fine. And they would be fine because they've got the quarterback on the rookie deal and Taylor comes off the books before you have to extend that quarterback. Like that that's the type of things they should be doing that. They what should are they anticipating? The on, and, like, well, we don't want to sure, pay him because not, why? Like, what is the reason? <laughs> yeah. And sure, they're not going to go compete for a Super Bowl this year, but it's about developing your quarterback and they could do that. They can afford to do that. They should do that, but they're not. And now Jonathan Taylor wants a trade. Like those are instances where you should do it. I don't think every running back should get paid like as a fan of a team i don't want my team paying running backs but if i was a fan of the colts i would be pretty upset that they're not paying jonathan taylor yeah and if i was a fan of the giants i'd be upset about daniel jones getting paid before saquon i'd be upset about that like i i just like and i get daniel jones like you know quarterback and figure it out but i just don't like jonathan taylor's is is utterly ridiculous there's five to seven backs that deserve the money that's being asked for. And Saquon and Jonathan Taylor are two of those guys. Now I understand like Austin Eckler and his situation and he's getting up there in age and you probably don't want to invest all that stuff into it. But teams like the Colts. Yes. When you have Shane Steichen, who you saw what he just did with Jalen Hurts and you expect him to replicate that with Anthony Richardson. And now you don't have a running back. Like who's the backup over there? Naheem Hines is gone. Who's over there? <laughs> I don't even, I don't know. even know who the backup is. And you want to, and they just signed, I think they just signed like Kenyon Drake or something. So they're, they're just like, oh, man. And the, the fact that they're signing these guys in Jonathan Taylor's face, like, yeah, we don't plan to pay you, but we'll gladly hand some money over to, to, to Kenny and Drake to come and take balls from Anthony Richardson next season. All of it is wild, just wild, wild. Ooh, uh, ooh, let's, let's play a game. Let's oh, play no. read the Colts depth chart, and you tell me <laughs> if you've ever heard of these guys. So here, here's, the running, here's the running backs behind Jonathan Taylor. We got Zach Moss, okay, Evan Hull, mm. Jake Funk. What the? Dion Jackson, mm. Xavier Scott, and Kenyon Drake. Yeah. Well, at least Zach Moss. I, that was in the Nike Hines like swap. So at least like I know he can run in the NFL. So I guess we'll go with that. And the wide receivers behind Michael Pittman are who? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not good. Not good. Not very, not very good. Speaking of speaking of guys who probably uh uh won't be on an NFL roster, did you see the uh the the Carson Wentz uh, trifecta? <laughs> to try to uh, post does he end up on a team to see like to see i don't even know what teams the lions just signed bridgewater that was the last like good quarterback on the market as far as qb needy teams go i don't think anybody is needy enough to take a flyer on carson Wentz at this juncture after what he's shown in the nfl and then all this and that he might just have to well not hope for an injury but he might just have to wait if somebody gets hurt and panics and hopefully carson Wentz is good again 
they'll take a flyer on you in in week seven. But I don't think I used to ask people all the time who gets signed first between Zeke and Carson Wentz. I think Zeke either finds his way back to the Cowboys or the Patriots or whatever the situation is before any team considers uh, signing Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah, I, I think like I mean, let's be honest. He's he would be like the second best backup quarterback in the NFL, probably behind, behind Jacoby Brissett. Oh, uh, oh not, Mar- not Mariota. Not I'll tell you that you've got like you got like Gardner Minshew too, but he 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 would be a top backup. The problem is like there's so much baggage and there's been issues everywhere he's gone, and mm-hmm. so I I don't think any team makes that move unless like their starter gets hurt and all of a sudden you're in a panic like you said. Yeah, I think that's the that's that's the uh, one way to look about it. Uh, since since we're talking about quarterbacks, we'll we'll wrap up on this. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the updates, and I saw him at practice. And man, Mar- if if Marcus Mariota has to play a couple games for us, I know Minshew was 0 2, but at least he like gave us a chance. At least in the Dallas game, the Saints game was was whatever. I don't know if Marcus Mariota even gives you a chance. Like he he's a, he's an eight year vet. He's probably a guy who's not all that thrilled to you know be in practice. Maybe he plays better uh, in games, but the practice. If, if it wasn't a QB draw, he wasn't he wasn't doing like he looks good running the ball. He's a way better runner than passer. He's so so. But if it's not a QB draw, he wasn't moving the ball very well. And from everything we've heard and seen from training camp, he's still on picks left and right. Um, <laughs> then you got Ian Book and Tanner McKee. And Ian Book looked horrendous in practice. Tanner McKee looked like he belonged. He's kind of your pro style quarterback, which is why the Eagles uh, drafted him. I probably intend to develop him, flip him for a pick down the road, whatever the situation is. Um. <laughs> confidence level with Marcus Mariota to, to 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 actually here well let's let's do this how confident how confident are you that Jalen Hurts will stay healthy for the entire season and if he does miss time how many games can Marcus Mariota win for us I guess you have to see the matchups but are you confident that he can win a game in the NFL for us <laughs> yeah I mean I, I it's I think it's more likely Jalen Hurts misses a game than he plays the whole season yeah. and I'm not talking yeah. like resting week 18 yeah. um just his play style at some point, he's probably going to get banged up and miss a game. Mm-hmm. And what you need in that situation is you need a backup that a doesn't make you have to change the offense, which mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota doesn't yep. a- and B is just going to give you a chance. And I think Marcus Mariota will be fine for that. Like, I mean, I know he hasn't looked good. Uh, we'll just say the Eagles second team defensive line and secondary is much better than the Eagles second team offensive line and yeah. pass catchers. So yeah. that factors in, I mean, that's not all of it, but if you have, when you have the offensive line in the running game, the Eagles have, and if you're a dual threat quarterback, surely you can limp along to 17 points and hope your defense can have a good game. So, you know, if, if Jalen hurts misses, three games and Marcus Mariota can go win one of those three for you. That's, I mean, that's kind of, if you can go one and two or two and one, that's ideal. So I I don't think your season's over if Jalen hurts misses like extended time, but in a short stint, I I think Mariota can go 500 maybe with this roster. Yeah. We we, we always talk about how Sirianni said we didn't pay Jalen hurts more to do less. Um, I thought that we would be, I was under the impression that, you know, Jeffrey Lurie was like, this guy's worth a quarter billion dollars. Let's not run him, you know, 12 times a game. Um, I don't know if they were just trying to put on a show for the fans or whatever, but hurts ran a, a good amount in that, in that practice. Like, and it wasn't scrambles either. A lot of them were designed runs. And I was like, eh, man, they're going to really run him, <laughs> but you, you have to, I mean, you have to use the weapon. And he, he set like, I think he uh, tied the, uh, the single season record, like put, you know, conjoined with the uh, postseason as far as, uh, uh um, uh, rushing touchdowns, which is 
which is uh which is great. So let's hope Hertz can stay upright. You know, he's worth a lot of money, and I'm not trying to watch a whole lot of Marcus Mariota. Like one or two games, I'm sure he could maybe, like you said, eke one out. I just hope it isn't during that death march of uh you know Seattle and Buffalo and Kansas City and all that all that fun stuff. Um, any final uh, notes you have as far as position battles, anything coming out of training camp practice, roster moves, any other notes you wanted to hit on before we uh, before we uh, put a bow on this one? Yeah, Nolan Smith. Oh, yeah. Linebacker. Yeah. If, if he plays off, if he plays off ball linebacker this year, can we officially say the Eagles drafted a first round linebacker? Is that a uh, thing we can say? Well, his official his official like uh, position is like outside linebacker now. Or is he like drafted as an edge? I mean, yeah, but he's outside an, he's linebacker. An ed- he's a linebacker <laughs> like Hassan Reddick is a linebacker. Yeah. So I'm yeah. talking off ball linebacker, not an edge rusher. Uh, <clears throat> I do think it's funny that the Eagles are like, we will not draft linebackers, but we will draft an edge rusher and then move him to linebacker because he's fast and we have too many edge rushers and no linebackers. So that was a little funny. Hey, I'm all for it. You might as well try it out. Throw it out there and see if it sticks. It doesn't have to be his long-term thing, but edge rusher is really crowded this year, and linebacker stinks. And so if he's athletic enough and he's smart and he can diagnose it and make a few plays, put the guy out there. It doesn't have to be his long-term position, but I would love to see Nolan Smith on the field this year. Hey, Asan, Asan Reddick broke up a couple passes last year, and I only know that because um, I'm putting together uh, a video of like all of like Reddick's like, sacks and pressures and stuff. And I came across, I forget who who the game was against, but he broke up a couple of uh, uh of passes at the goal line. I was like, all right, well, he can drop back a little bit. You don't want to do it all the time. Uh, but I remember people giving Gannon a lot of flack for uh, uh, dropping him in coverage. And if Nolan Smith is in coverage, I mean, he did it. There's a clip out there somewhere of N'Kobe Dean blitzing and Nolan Smith intercepting a pass in college. So he's, he's he has experience doing it. Let's just hope that uh, we don't have to do it by necessity. Edge rusher is pretty stacked. It's it's uh it's it's Hassan, Brandon Graham, um. Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, if you want to count him, Nolan Smith, and I guess you got Taron Jackson and, and the and the other guys. You had Patrick Johnson who just got hurt, and some of those guys. Is there a chance Derek Barnett could get traded? Do you think? Traded? He's like he's no. like my one trade candidate. Like it's either him. I had Quez, but Quez is having a good camp, so he's probably off that now. But I, I, I don't think they, he gets traded. I think he could get. I think cut. he could be a cap <laughs> casualty. Like I think he could be gone, but I don't think he gets traded. They already lowered his max value. They redid his whole contract to, to lower his max value. So they already they're already insinuating, foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. Uh perhaps we appreciate you guys for tuning into this episode of the EPA podcast brought to you by Bleeding Green Nation. Feels good to get back up here as Eagles football is back in the regular season. It's just around the corner. We're eager to see who plays in preseason, and if it's anything of substance, of course, we'll come and talk about the third stringers, the four stringers, who's fighting for a roster spot, who who's, who uh, has a chance to be a factor on this team in the upcoming season. Maybe somebody will fight for a role. And uh, Christian Ellis is probably the one guy who's, who's going who's gonna to fight his way into the uh, a very limited linebacker uh, rotation. Follow me on all social media platforms over at the Philly Pod. Shane, where can the people find you and all your content? Are you still active on YouTube? Did you take a break? What's going on over there? Yeah, uh, podcasts have been going to YouTube, but I haven't had any of like my all twenty-two stuff throughout the summer just because there's no games. But you're gonna break down, yeah? You're gonna break yeah, down. yeah. The Hall all of Fame 20... game? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> all twenty, all twenty-two will be coming back probably with the regular season. I'm probably not doing all twenty-two stuff for the preseason. I, I might if there's something interesting that catches my eye. But uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, YouTube, Threads at Shane Half NFL. I'll have weekly all twenty-two X. content. X, X now. Yeah, whatever <laughs> i'll have weekly all 22 content coming out on youtube and i, I believe it's actually going to go to the bgn youtube as well this season so you can catch it there 
but subscriptions on YouTube are always appreciated. X, make sure you go uh, like, subscribe, all that stuff, so you never miss a video of Sheen's breed. Blankenship just intercepted uh, Hertz in practice, so it's over. Time to uh, hang it up. Cancel the season. Time to hang it up. Hertz is not taking care of the ball anymore. It is. It's over. Reed Blankenship pretty much just solidified that job with the. Uh, he threw it to Quez. You're telling me you're not going to all 22 break down Marcus Mariota's touchdown pass to Alameda Zacchaeus in preseason? You're not going to. No, probably not. <laughs> We'll catch you guys next week uh, to talk about the preseason game. Hopefully something exciting happens or somebody, a big splash play, maybe some uh, something on defense or maybe another signing. Who knows what happens? We'll be back next week to talk about it. Thank you guys for checking it out. Be sure to stay subscribed right here to Bleeding Green Nation on BGM Radio. And don't miss any of the shows. They got NFC East mixtape and all that fun stuff going on. So stay on tap for all of that. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace out from the guys here at the EPA podcast. Go Birds. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.